Well, welcome to The Fortress. I'm talking to you today with a dozen black balloons strung up to my head. Kylie fans, you know what I'm talking about here. They're floating up there. They're pulling at my locks. I actually hurt a bit, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've been wearing them all day. It was very hard getting into the Tesla, actually. But they did help me leap like a graceful gazelle from the car and into the office. Now listen, aren't you all kind? Last week I asked you if you could rate this podcast using a thumbs up or a five star on whatever platform you happen to use. And boy, did you ever. Your support will help keep this show free. So thank you again. Today we celebrate Madonna. Yes, she's turning 65 years old. And coincidentally, her new knee is turning two. So that's twice the fun right there. Lizzo. Well, we find out what happens when you encourage your dancer to eat a banana protruding from a vagina. The result is not a banana split, let me tell you. And hey, guess what? We know what tension single number two is. Do you agree with the selection? And when the hell is it coming out? Today we're also going to hear from a Sinead O'Connor fan as her fan base across the world continues to grieve her loss. And of course, we invite you to send in your audio clips, as always, so that we can share them with the world. Any topic you like. You're listening to the... Ah, Jesus, Gaga and Janet. What the hell was that? Okay, make that 11 black balloons, folks. Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. One of the biggest mistakes people generally make, and I'm guilty of it too, is wishful thinking. So Nathan, we've been waiting a long time to have this conversation. And I finally get to confront you with the many accusations that I have. Isn't that fun? Go for it. What, what are the many accusations then? <laughs> well, let, me, let me go to my notepad here, shall I? Um, <laughs> accusation number, yes. Uh, oh, sorry. No, that list is for Danny Minogue. No, I want the Nathan list. There it is. Nathan list. <laughs> right. Nathan, first thing, you like kiss me once. What is wrong with I you? I do. Oh, nothing is wrong with me. I there think there's is. something wrong with you. I agree that Kiss Me Once is nowhere near on her top five albums. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I just believe that one of the reasons why people have such a negative reception of Kiss Me Once is because it landed at such an awkward time in the music industry where people were not ready to push streaming. But maybe, maybe you only like it because it reminds you of the songs that you were hearing on the radio as you grew up. Not really, because um, I've been a like I've been a Kylie fan for a, like a really long time since I was about three or four years old. So it's, it's a huge chunk of time. Like, <laughs> no, genuinely a huge Kylie. I fan. believe you. I had spinning around. I'm just laughing at you. That's all. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I had, I had spinning around, um, and I remember asking my mum. I was sat in her Ford one day, and I said to her, "Mother, who is this?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how I became a fan. And I, I never looked back. I mean, I could reverse that around on you, though, and say, do you not think that you only like 
Kylie's debut two albums minus the singles because they were they were when you were becoming a, a huge Kylie fan. Unlike you, well, I can admit it. I, there's a charm. <laughs> there is a charm about those albums because of where I was in my young life. Yes, when I had Absolutely. the Kylie album, the very first one that came out, and obviously I. Yeah, there was a charm, so I can admit it. Yeah, I like those albums because of where they take me. In fact, if you go back and listen to the Kylie 35 podcast mm-hmm. from not long ago, you'll hear lots of fans say the same when they listen to that album. It's not so much about the music anymore. It's about where it transports them to. I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The, the thing with the reason why I don't agree in terms of Kiss Me Once is that if anything, you love this generation, that. ladies and gentlemen, such a defensiveness in their voice. Listen to it. I, I love the mockery because I'm younger than you. Like, I mean, I could turn around on you very, very easily, but I'm going to choose to rise above. But anyway, um, no, I would, I would say Aphrodite is the one that I utterly adore more than any album because of that time, that Good time taste. thing that you're saying. Like, I would say Aphrodite is the one that I would, because I mean, I would rate Aphrodite above Fever, above Light Years, above anything, because I love Aphrodite so much because it reminds me of that time so i know what you're saying mm. i just wouldn't necessarily link that to kiss me once i would kiss release it to aphrodite it's personally. funny you've got you must be very close to my son's age because aphrodite for him is maybe the first time that he was just old enough to have been there for the purchase of it and for the lead up to it and to listen to his dad saying oh, it's coming out in four months three <laughs> months two months so we we went for a drive off to a cliff top actually when i got my hands on it uh, put it onto a thumbnail, I think, in those days. And we went to a clifftop and it was a very special moment. We put it in and we sat and listened to the whole album in the car. Isn't that cool? Absolutely. I mean, I Now, going back to your ridiculous <laughs> comments about Kiss Me Once. I liked Insta Blue. I loved Sexy Love. I loved Les Sex. Um, I loved Fine. I actually thought Fine was really, really good. I heard on yours that you thought it was just kind of, well, fine. <laughs> but I don't Sounds agree. Like no, I... I really liked Fine. Um, the ones that I probably didn't like so much were Feels So Good, I Was Gonna Cancel, um, Beautiful. And I was, I, I've always been quite torn on this exercise because on the one hand I love it, but on the other hand I hate it. So <laughs> Bounce, Eddie, bounce, 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 bounce. From my perspective, from my perspective with Sexercise, I feel like I would ironically love Sexercise if anybody but Kylie released it but because kylie released it i'm torn because i yes. I, I just don't quite see it for yes. her but then i, do I at the agree same a bit beneath <laughs> her or something right is that what we're saying to, to an extent to yeah. an extent like i also think it was cut too much i think like i mean the, the tall version of sexercise i adore i love the tall version of sexercise yeah and million 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 miles oh. what about that I've, track two no, by I've, the way you know, but, but, a million miles is my fave, but, but, I, but I do listen to it. I don't dislike it enough to not listen to it. Yeah. I, I like it as what it is, which is just an album track, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I, I do think Kiss Me Once is a mixed bag. I just think that some of the gems in it are really gems. I, I think Into the Blue is a really, really good song. And I think Les Sex, especially, is one of my favorite Kylie songs ever. By the way, for people who don't know, we're talking to Nathan who sent in a message uh, for the last podcast, or maybe it was two back. But either way, ever since we dropped the Kiss Me Once podcast, I've been, well, just deluged with for and against, frankly. So just to go back to you made that comment about the French. Can you tell me I don't know my French? What is she saying wrong in that song? 
I think I, I wouldn't be able to say, for example, uh, for precisely, but I think it's a case of like the masculine, the feminine, and the oh. neutral in um in okay. French. Like it, it is wrong, and obviously it would be l'amour, for example, l'amour, whatever, um, okay. stuff like that. Um, right. But yeah, we like need it, a native it, French person to come and tell us. I reckon. <laughs> well, it's it's lay, which is obviously French, and then love, which is English. It just sounds. It, it's just camp in that sense as well. It's just. Yeah. It's just. It's so bizarre. But um, yeah, I, I just love lay sex. I think it's fantastic. The best way for us to get to know you is by asking you what is in your top uh, three Kylie albums. My top three. Aphrodite, surely you mentioned that. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, Aphrodite. Um, Aphrodite, Light Years, and I would toy between Fever and Disco. Ah, th those are those are my three. Yeah. And where absolutely. does Rhythm of Love fit? Oh, Rhythm of Love is probably number five. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. I love One Boy Girl. Um, I constantly Don't we all <laughs> I constantly reference One Boy Girl, for example. Um, I but I do I do like um, Rhythm of Love a great deal. You reference One Boy Girl in your day to day speech. Is that what you just said? Oh my god, yeah. Um, so my old housemate and I, he's not really a Kylie fan at all, um, but my old housemate and I learned the rap to um, One Boy Girl. I, obviously, I already knew it, but he, he used to do the um, the Kylie re the Kylie replies to it, and we used to do it all the time. <laughs> just, in, just, in, just in daily life, we'd be walking around just doing it in daily life. All right, you've got a very angry message for the, well, apparently not older, but um, I don't know who else you're talking to. No, if it's don't, not get, the older don't get me wrong, Tim. Now, the, you the blow in <laughs> years later around Aphrodite and you come in and you stomp all over Kylie territory and you say you know best, but I'm telling you, you don't. But you've got some advice that you think is really important and you blame the older fans for maybe making Padam not as big as it could have been. Well, to re to reiterate, I didn't say the older fans. You said that, and I'm well, not I enjoyed twisting your words. <laughs> I'm not saying the shoe doesn't fit because I don't know. I don't have the statistics for that. Or <laughs> you don't have the statistics for any of it. Let's be honest. Um, this is a theory that you have. I think to an extent, but also no. Like fr from what I've seen, look, on everyone's a waiting with bated breath. Let's just go back half a second. <laughs> You've got a theory about what Kylie fans could be doing. So I did put a negative spin on it. Let's turn it back to where you want it to be. The truthful version is you think we could be doing more to help Kylie, correct? To an extent, yes, absolutely. Tell us what us old timers could be doing. The amount of people who I've seen on um, Facebook pages, um, or like Facebook Kylie pages, complaining about streaming and saying, oh yeah, well, we all know that the sales chart is the real chart and that we just ignore streaming now is, to, in my opinion, ridiculous because 95% of the population who listen to current, recently released music are streaming it. And basically it's not so much, well, it is a criticism, don't get me wrong, it absolutely is, but it's more so a call to say like, we need to kind of get past that now because Padam Padam has been released. It's obviously gone viral. It's got, a, an enormous um, listener base for Kylie um, but like I say the amount of people I've seen online saying oh well I don't stream I don't I don't get it and it's like I understand people don't yeah. understand streaming because it's it is it's confusing but the problem is is that if people don't stream and they don't start listening to Kylie's music via streaming which you don't have to do all the time I'm not trying to suggest that at all and I'm not, also not suggesting don't buy it because I buy it I buy Kylie's singles every time they're released 
but if people don't have it streaming and actually get the streams in every day it's going to negatively impact the amount of playlists that Kylie gets put on. Can, can I just interpret that for all the old Kylie fans out there? <laughs> so essentially I think what Nathan's trying to say to us, all you people who are listening to Enjoy Yourself, is if you don't stream, Kylie won't reign supreme. <laughs> It's not Am I basically all. on the right track? <laughs> <laughs> to an extent, though, yes. Like Because, for example, at the very peak of Padam Padam, it was getting 800 to 850,000 streams per day. Um, peak, that was yes. a, Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and like I say, I would genuinely argue that given the amount of people I have seen agreeing with this sentiment behind oh, well, we don't stream because the sales chart's all that matters, even though that's like 3% of the, of the listener base, for example. Um, it, from what I've seen, I genuinely do believe that if Kylie fans who believe that and do just sit and focus on the sales charts, if they were getting their 10 streams, which is <sighs> the, the max I believe that you can get on Spotify, for example, a day, that would have bumped right past that 1 million streams per day mark. You're so controversial. You really are. What makes you think that we weren't streaming? Doesn't the 850,000 streams a day prove that we were streaming it? And if they're not no. streaming it, my no, other I'm, question, I'm really, my sorry, second sorry. question is, mm -hmm. if we're not streaming, then how were people listening to it? Are you saying they were getting the old cassette recorder out? What are you trying to say here? I feel like you're really trying to twist this. Like That's not what I'm saying. But when you come, That's when my you job. Compare, when you compare Padam Padam's streaming figures to that of, for example, Say Something, it's significantly lower. Like, um, Say Something was maybe 150,000, 200,000 per day for yes. the first week or two. Um, because it was a poor song. The vast No, the vast majority of people who were streaming it were people who found it on TikTok and people who found it via, like via other other means because i don't think say something was a poor song i think it was a, a strange song but i liked it but um there was there was a huge chunk of people who found this via social media and there is a huge chunk of people who have also found this via playlists what are you talking about on spotify and that's what i'm trying to say because it had such a huge bump in streams daily and um, those streams meant that it got added to different playlists which meant which meant that people who maybe wouldn't necessarily automatically listen to a new kylie song uh i am confused and maybe it is the age gap i don't know what i just don't understand if people weren't streaming it what do you think they were listening how do you think they were listening to padam padam well people are streaming it but i don't believe that that is all of kylie's fan base i think a lot of kylie's fan base uh, will buy it on itunes which is fabulous and they'll uh, listen to it on so iTunes. you did explain this in the text chat right so you're not saying they're getting the cd single you're saying they're purchasing it yeah absolutely they're downloading it but and that's right. brilliant i'm not i'm not disputing that that's got a brilliant it. thing to do because i buy them the as pennies well. dropped the old man's got it when i listen back to this i'll go god i was stupid it took me 10 minutes to understand <laughs> okay so you're no, saying no. they're purchasing it for 2.99 to support kylie or whatever it is, which is 90 fantastic. cents or whatever and uh which is fantastic but yep. that isn't as valuable to the dissemination of the song as streaming is have i got it now yes i think she's got it I think she's got it. By George, she's got it. By George, she's got it. Absolutely. I think that uh, as mega Kylie fans like we Can you are. Pat me on the head, please. 
<laughs> head pat, well, head pat. Well, well done, Tim. Well done. <laughs> um, but honestly, um, I think as Kylie mega fans like we are, and Kylie has such a loyal listener base. Like, like Kylie's fans absolutely adore her. But I do know that there are a lot of people who don't stream, and I'm not trying to suggest that that makes you love Kylie any less. I'm not trying to suggest that at all, but I, I am trying to suggest that I don't think you can sit and complain about Kylie's single performance if you don't stream, because it's very important. Well, I what I'm hearing is that all those people who had the audacity to be born before 1988 better pull their finger out and start using Spotify and all the streaming services and no. everyone will be happy. <laughs> don't all say I'm no, to... that's exactly well, right. No, no, it's not. All I'm saying is, is that if Kylie, if we want to be invested in Kylie's future singles performance, we need to diversify how we listen to music. And if we're not bothered about how how Kylie's singles performances go, because we we absolutely hammer the albums, and that that's true. Like you know, Kylie's listener base because of the way that they typically listen to music, it means that her albums perform incredibly. So there's it's it's a two it's a two edged sword. You know, there's there's a good side, and it's absolutely fantastic that Kylie's albums are performing so incredibly well now, uh, like even more so than before, arguably, in terms of numbers on the charts. Um, but what I am saying is that if we diversified as as like a, a fan base and actually started listening to Kylie via streaming as well, or even just have it on an old laptop running at a low volume, like that you can do that. <laughs> and, but that's what I do. I, like when I listen to Padam Padam, I watch it on YouTube. I, do, I don't listen to it on Spotify. I have Spotify running in the background just to get those streams up. You put one song in between them. I make a playlist and I put one song in between so they all count. But yeah, that's essentially what I do. And it's because obviously a lot of fan bases do that. Taylor Swift's fan base do it all the time, for example, just as an example. Oh God. Um, yeah, every single day, every single Taylor Swift fan does that. And what I'm trying to suggest is more that it's brilliant that that Kylie fans are so loyal and that they buy um, physical releases and they and they download and everything. I'm not trying to dispute that that is really useful and really brilliant and it's fantastic. But if we got those streams in as well, it would mean that Kylie would be added to more playlists and, you know, Bob down at the gym would hear it just naturally by it being on a playlist on spotify that's what i'm trying to get across if we do okay. that kylie's singles will perform better i am absolutely following you now um but one question who's bob go for it just uh, well, exactly that's what i mean just a random person who has <laughs> never ever listened to kylie intentionally <laughs> all right i've poked <laughs> you and i've prodded you and i've irritated <laughs> you but listen i think it's good advice basically all those people who think that downloading the song and paying for it is a good deed yep sure it is however we need the streams if we want to make it prolific throughout the uh, cyberspace world okay got it absolutely very very good advice and uh, I apologise that this Silver Surfer took 23 minutes to understand it, but I got there. <laughs> well, That's let's all I'm give saying. it a go. Anyone who's listening to this, download it if you want, but just make the... What happens if you don't put a track in between it in your playlist on well, streaming? Well, I'm it not, not entirely sure. I don't think it does. I like I'm no expert. I'm not trying to pretend that I am, but I know that it, that's what people recommend. They recommend that you put a track a track in between. So, for example, I put 10 out of 10 just because as much as I'm not the biggest of fans of 10 out of 10, I don't listen to it anyway. Um, so 
I put a song in between. I also put the extended mix in there as well. Um, but they say don't do it on completely muted because that might not count. And I don't know if it does. <laughs> So do it on like maybe twenty percent volume. Something oh my like god, that. this is so complicated. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I thought I was following you. Now you've ruined it all again. Oh no! Oh, honestly, hang on a second. Stream, streaming. <laughs> I need to interpret this for my elderly friends. Okay, so now this young guy on the line. Hey, Doris, Doris, listen. The young guy on the line. He's saying, right, you've got to first of all create a playlist. I don't know. He hasn't told me what to call it yet. But once you make it, you got to put Padam in. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Following. Don't try and write it down. Dude. No, just listen. Okay. So write it, put Padam in, then you don't put your phone on mute. Okay. Make sure it's at least 20% and then put 10 out of 10 as every second song. No, he doesn't like it either. He just said, put it in and then some sort of extended mix and just put it on in the background. And you can also use a laptop. I laptop. think it's a, big, a bigger version of an iPhone, Doris. Yep. Okay. Good. I think Doris has got it. She's onto it now, Nathan. Oh, I'm she's so onto it. Can you send us a fact sheet? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna make you like a little knowledge article with little screenshots with a picture. <laughs> <circle. laughs> and, and what I'll do is I'll put it. In, I'll put it into a feed in your hearing aid. Oh, so, so you constantly have that on loop. So you. Know I wonder if this it. is how um, my parents felt when I showed them how to put a compact disc into the tray back in the day. <laughs> Oh my God, this is hideous. Well, well, thank be. you for trying, Nathan. I hope you've had fun on the show. I have. I've, You know, I've heard your voice so many times on YouTube and I've been waiting to hear you speak to me and we've done it. <laughs> and now we've done And he'll never do it now again. <laughs> and, and I will run far, far away. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. <laughs> See you later, kiss me once, lover. See you later, Kylie, 1988. Takes one to no one. Well, thank you so much to Nathan. What a good sport he was. And you may be hearing more from him in future shows. That is, of course, if he finds the patience to keep explaining things to me over and over and over again. It's about damn time. That's for sure. What happens when a carefully crafted false celebrity image gets totally exposed by the people within the inner circle? Well, that's exactly what's happening to Lizzo as we speak. She wants the world to think that she's this huge crusader for women's rights, for equality, positive body image. Yet, we now have allegations that she fired dancers because they had the hide to renegotiate their financial contracts, and for putting on weight, and for being creeped out by a particular series of nights in Amsterdam, where at least one of the dancers says she was enticed into touching a naked dancer on the stage. Now, as usual, pop culture fans will simplify this issue, they'll fall into a basket of either for or against, true or untrue. But anyone who listens objectively to the multiple sources here would have to conclude that there is absolutely bad stuff going down behind the scenes in Lizzo's camp. And to be frank, she has always reeked of the worst hypocrisy to me. She is your classic free speech 
pretender. She says everyone should have a voice. Oh, let everybody have a voice. The vulnerable, the people who can't be heard, let them have a voice. Everyone can have a voice, according to Lizzo, until, of course, she feels offended. And then those very voices need to be blocked, shut down, uh, literally wiped out on social media. Those people with their voices that she doesn't like should be labelled as racists, bullies, fat shamers. Now listen, I love Lizzo's music, but this lady got put up on a pedestal too fast and she didn't know how to handle it. All of a sudden, she truly believed the hype. She believed that she was speaking for every overweight female person on planet Earth and it went to her head. You wouldn't believe some of the things she said in interviews. Speaking like, it's like listening to Jesus Christ. It's a sermon on the mount. I love her music. Absolutely adore her music. I love what she stands for too. If she was truly standing for equality and free speech and for body positivity, I'd be right there alongside her, thinking this woman's fantastic. But there was always something that smelt like hypocrisy to me. And now we have dancers and a documentary maker, a well-respected one, all of whom say Lizzo is a self-centred, narcissistic tyrant who thinks, as many celebrities do, that the world revolves around them. That their voice, regardless of how bloody uninformed it is, is the only one, the holy one. Listen to these dancers and note how one of them actually mentions, by the by, how Lizzo had to give her permission to speak during one particularly tense meeting. There is so many instances where um, dancers who did, you know, have fun with her and, you know, um, go along with like what she was doing and, you know, be down for anything that they were they were favored. They were hired for more shows. They were invited on, you know, like private jets and, and to do cool things and, you know, could hang out with her and in like tropical settings, like Hawaii and stuff like that. Um, some of our coworkers, you know, it's, it's just like, there was no line between professionalism and personal. Mine, my situation was a little bit different than, um, Ari's. There was a, a meeting that, uh, Lizzo had. It was a more, well, all of our meetings were pretty intense, but this one was a more intense meeting with her, just emphasizing the fact that she wasn't pleased with our performing and that we still weren't dancing up to, you know, her standards. And basically this was after the intense re-audition that we uh, went through after, you know, having hours of rehearsal, um, to which she then brought up the allegations of us drinking before shows. I raised my hand to speak. Um, she allowed me to speak. And uh, in that moment, I let her know that, you know, we never partook in those uh, activities and that we would never put ourselves, her or the show or our jobs in jeopardy. Um, and days later, um, her, man her one of her tour managers uh, terminated me in a hotel lobby. You know, she was worried about me at South by Southwest. And when I was at South by Southwest, that was the first time I had showed up to a Lizzo event or gig, noticeably having gained weight. There was nothing different about me. My performance skills were the same. My demeanor was the same. My energy was the same. The only thing that was different about me was my weight. And in this meeting, she she stated as well that, you know, dancers get fired for gaining weight. Um and then she kind of paused and looked at me and I still don't know if she really meant to single me out in that moment. But when she looked at me and she said that, I was kind of like, so she's really concerned about my weight. 
And now Lizzo, the woman who has been so quick to call out everyone else for being prejudiced, stands accused of sexual harassment, fat shaming, discrimination, bullying, intimidation, physical intimidation. Gut-wrenchingly difficult, overwhelmingly disappointing, and false. That's what Lizzo is calling allegations from former dancers Ariana Davis, Crystal Williams, and Noelle Rodriguez. For me personally, it was the um, sexual harassment at a, a nude bar in Amsterdam. Included in the lawsuit, accusations from Ariana and Noelle that the singer forced them to witness sexually denigrating behavior against their will in Amsterdam. How did you feel? I was very uncomfortable and especially when uh, Lizzo would have intimate moments like watching her uh, significant other like caress the naked women um, and we were just all kind of like awkwardly standing around. She then started a chant and said, Ari, Ari, they weren't going to stop until I did it. So I briefly touched the the performer. I've never done anything like that in my life. Um, Sorry, I I just, it's crazy. I, I, it's not a big deal for other people. It's, it, it's, it's a big deal for you. But it's for me, it's, it's just a lot. I, I've never done that. Um, I, I'm really young and I've never even been in a relationship. Truthfully, like it was so terrible and I feel disgusting afterwards. I feel like I, I just feel like I lost who I was on that job. As usual in this life, it's the people who are so desperate to hold others to impossible standards who turn out to be the most unkind and the most flawed. I truly hand on heart hope that people are more forgiving of Lizzo than she has been to others that she's been so quick to label as prejudice simply because they see the world slightly differently from how she sees it. Lizzo, a fake, a fraud, and a bully? I have to say I'm not one bit surprised. In our last podcast, we heard from fans about the passing of Sinead O'Connor. Now, those beautiful reflections in that last podcast inspired others to share their own thoughts, including our friend of the show, Jordan. Hi, everyone. It's, uh, it's just me again. Uh, thanks for having us back. Um, although, to be honest, I'm not really sure where to start with this one. Um, I think... I think every few years we'd lose someone and it sends shockwaves around the world. You know, in 2011, it was Amy Winehouse. Um, Christmas 2016, it was George Michael. And of course, last week we lost Sinead O'Connor at the age of 56. Uh, I'm not even really sure how to begin describing Sinead O'Connor. I think a lot of people would be quick to say that she was a one-hit wonder because the only track really of hers, well, it wasn't even hers, it was Prince's, of, written by Prince, um, to really connect with the public was, of course, nothing compares to you. Uh, as all the newspaper headlines reminded us the next day. Um, but, you know, of course, she was so much more. Um, I wasn't even born when that song came out, but it was still just—it was still being played on TV, uh, VH1, MTV, all those sort of things. When I was obsessed with the music channels in the sort of early two thousands, I just remember being a little bit st- 
Rook, I think, at that sort of young age by this sort of floating, shaving head singing directly at the camera and, you know, that was her, that was her image, that was how she defined herself. Um, I can't really pretend I've kept up with much else she's done, but, you know, she was one of those rarities where the song was so big that she didn't need to do anything else to, to keep her status. Um, and of course she did, she, she did do so much more, not just in music. Um, of course, she'll always be known for, for ripping up the photograph of the Pope on Saturday Night Live way back when. And then she kind of became known for chopping and changing her religion. You know, she was brought up um, Irish Catholic, was ordained by a priest in this independent sect in the late 90s. Um, and got bored with that, converted to Islam. Um, I think she was just somebody who was born very mixed up and confused about things, trying to search for answers to questions that she didn't even necessarily have, um, and try to express that through her art, which is, of course, what a true artist does, but when you get the sort of worldwide fame that Sinead managed to get, it comes at a price. Look at, again, Amy Winehouse, uh, Judy Garland, all these greats that were sort of tormented by the world around them only to be chewed off by their own expression of it. Um, and of course, in the last couple of years, Sinead endured the, the unimaginable tragedy of losing her son and, you know, well, we could all tell nothing was the same for her after that. Um, I think now Sinead will always be remembered for two things. Whenever anybody he is the opening notes of Nothing Compares to You. They'll go, oh, this was Sinead O'Connor. But then they'll go, oh, she died young, didn't she? It's all kind of a sad product of itself in a way, but, you know, at least, like all the others before her, the voice is still there. Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. Welcome back to the show. Are you having fun? I really do hope that you've got a beautiful hot drink and you're laying back somewhere and just taking a moment or two for yourself. The world is just so busy, isn't it? And I love that you and I can take a moment every now and then, even though it's all too infrequent, frankly, to just think about nice things, about entertainment. Uh, some would call it frivolity. I call it religion. Well, stand by, we'll be talking about our bacterial girl soon enough. But first, let's focus on Miss Kylie. As Padam continues to fade classily into the distance, it's a bit flowery, isn't it? I might rewrite that. 
As Padam continues to fade, we finally know what single number two is. Or at least it's the very strong rumour. Tension, people! The title track! Have you heard it? Come on now. You don't have to tell Fibs. This is me now. This is Timmy that you're talking to. And I can tell by that little look on your face that you may have had a little secret listen. Look, this one is a grower, as they say. It wouldn't have been my choice for single number two, but it's definitely single worthy. And let's face it, choosing that follow-up to Padam, well, that was always going to be a very tricky job indeed. So in our very next podcast, we will be talking a lot more about Tension, the title track, single number two, and we want your reviews, please. This is big, this one, this is big. I need your help. Send us your reviews. Take out those little phone audio recorders that you've all got. You've got a memo app on your phone and just give us one minute on your thoughts on the track Tension. And send that little audio file straight to me at time to talk Australia at Outlook.com. Time to talk Australia, all one word, at Outlook.com. Since we last spoke, you and I, we've learned a little bit more about Kylie's residency in Vegas. I have been a fan of Kylie Minogue for over 15 years, and when I heard that she was doing a Las Vegas residency, I was so happy for her. The venue looks amazing and I couldn't couldn't have been more happier for her. I'm interested to know what songs she will be playing at the venue. Thank you, Katie. It's always fantastic to hear from you. And it was very brave and courageous of you to send me a memo about your thoughts about Kylie's residency. So, look, how clever is Kylie? It's got to be the most achievable Vegas residency ever. We've got four dates in November, just two in December, presumably so she can fly back here to Australia and have a bit of a Christmas with the Minogue clan, and then another four dates in January. I mean, seriously, it's almost silly. It's almost comical. Residency, it's more of a jaunt, surely. But what do you think? Are they holding back the additional dates just so that they can add that amazingly famous quote by popular demand? That's got to be it, doesn't it? It can't be 10 dates. 10 dates does not make a residency. So presumably there's uncertainty. She's out of her comfort zone. She's in the US. We're just not sure. It's never really been tested properly before. How many tickets can she sell? Does anyone in Vegas even know her? So they've put a hell of a lot of promotion around this. I love the billboards in Vegas already. How cool are they? But, come on. This has just got to be a test of the waters. And like I say, when it sells out, they're then able to declare, by popular demand, we've added six more shows. So I do think it's likely that we'll see more shows added. Not to mention the fact that that paycheck, which hasn't been confirmed yet, that ridiculous multi-million dollar paycheck, wasn't it more than a hundred million, actually? That paycheck, do you really think 10 shows? 
and then they give her that check? I don't think so. So what's it looking like? It's looking like 10 shows so far. I reckon they'll add more. But then it's looking like a world tour after the January stint in Vegas. And then back to Vegas again is my guess. And I personally would not be surprised if Kylie doesn't end up with short Vegas spurts for years and years to come. It just might become like her professional entertainment home. But regardless of what ends up happening, I agree with you, Katie. It is an exciting time and it is fantastic that she's doing something so remarkably different at this stage of her career. Well, on August 16, Madonna turns 65 years old. Have you noticed how many people have started talking about our Madonna in the past tense? She was a trailblazer for female artists. She was an advocate for LGBT communities. She was slutty, vulgar, and attention-seeking. I mean, surely she's still all of these things. Now look, just because our Madonna has no natural knee cartilage left and uses Vaseline for both her intimate lady parts and her camera filter, doesn't mean she should be written off to the past. With the exception of Madame X, she's still creative. She's still imaginative. She is an artist. Not was. Is. Even people who qualify for a pensioner's bus pass have something to contribute. Now, sure, it's true that most people Madonna's age are campaigning for a wider ramp at the local shopping village, or possibly a bigger discount off their electricity bill. But that's not that far removed from the right to wear leather G-strings in public, is it? Let's stop talking about Madonna in the past tense. It's true, she was born before Fidel Castro took office, and she is as old as the American Express card. And she is older than Blanche, Dorothy and Rose. But my God, she ain't dead yet. Madonna was an icon. But more importantly, she is an icon. And she's still got plenty of art still to come. We all know... She's really enjoying reimagining her old hits, and there's plenty more where they came from. Four minutes to cross the road. What it feels like for a grandmother. And bitch, it's Angina. Rudy Palma from New Jersey, United States. Madonna turning 65 is as significant as any other major icon turning 65, but it's a little bit different when it's Madonna, because Madonna doesn't acknowledge the passage of time, and yet it's sort of forcing her to acknowledge it now, just lately. We owe Madonna a great deal, even if we're not fans, even if you are somebody who would not buy a record, not buy a ticket to a show, you don't owe her that. Nobody does, um, but you do owe her the same respect you would give any musical icon, male or female, period. Um, she, I don't want to say she set the gays free, but <laughs> there's a reason why people use that, that funny terminology. 
You know, I think one of the reasons that we identify with her so much in the gay community is because she was persecuted for her sexuality, just as we were for a long time. She sort of took on that mantle of forwarding uh, the topics and um, forwarding the narrative. And uh, we identified with that. And she was there for us and acknowledged our fan base, uh, that we were her fan base um, for a long time. Uh, uh, before anybody else would do it, really, on such a level. So, now Madonna is 65. (laughs) She's not going to go down without a fight, and we can identify with that again. Or we can choose to be vile, ageist, uh, self-denying, and pretend now that we don't identify with her and that we want to send her to the trash heap really because we don't want to acknowledge that we're getting older too. Which tack do you think I would recommend taking? You know, it's time that we, just like Madonna's being forced to embrace the fact that she is older now, uh, we must do the same. And we must not abandon her now, because after all, she has been entertaining us all this time. She has been there for us. She may have accepted our money, but she has certainly delivered where it counts. And, um, you know, some people say it's wrong of her to say that she's peerless, but she absolutely is peerless. There is no one else quite like her. And um, she deserves a, at least a modicum of respect from everyone in the gay community, and really everyone, period, but especially us. So happy 65, Madonna. We love you. Hello, Tim. Hello, everyone. The time to talk Australia. Just want to wish Madonna a happy 65th birthday. Usually on her birthday, I would celebrate her day with like watching her movies, maybe watching concerts or listening to some of her music. But definitely, you know, go on YouTube, check out her videos to revisit everything. I used to have her video collections and everything. Sadly, I lost all of them, so I'll be going to YouTube. And I got some movies now. I got Who's That Girl, Shanghai Surprise, and The Next Best Thing. I'll be watching those, uh, hopefully when I get a minute, you know, to celebrate her birthday. And uh, I saw her recently with Beyonce, because she went to her concert, and she took a picture, and she looked pretty good from what I've seen. She had sunglasses on, but it's good to see she's out and okay. I was just really hoping, you know, she would put her health first, and the concerts can wait a few more months, and let, let her re- fully recover, because people just want to see her. You know, she's more important than a concert to me. I've never been to a concert, so I could say it doesn't bother me. But I know people spend good money. I just like to see her, you know, be in better health. Because she's older now, and she has to be really more careful. I just can't believe it. She's finally 65. Well, it's good to see she's with us and doing better. Happy birthday, Madonna. Perhaps that you will be someone who will challenge this kind of taboo of, like, women losing their sexuality or not being seen as sexual animals as much when they get past, say, 40 or 45. Yes, I mean, I think, I think that not only do we suffer from racism and sexism and things like that, but we also suffer from ageism, and that is that once you reach a certain age, you're not allowed to be adventurous, you're not allowed to be sexual, you know, it, and I think that's rather hideous. And, I mean, a lot of people have said, oh, it's so pathetic, or what, what is she going to do? I hope she's not still doing that in 10 years. I mean, 
Who cares? What if I am? I mean, is there a rule? I mean, what, are you supposed to just die when you're 40? I mean, and, and that's basically what everyone wants people to do, and I think it's stupid. You're just supposed to just kind of, you know, put yourself out to pasture. It's put yourself back in the closet. Exactly. I mean, why? Life is long. People are living to be, you know, 100, 100 years old, so, you know, I don't get it. Well, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure spending time with you. Keep listening to pop music, please. Keep enjoying the joy that it brings into your life. Pop music, pop culture, it is everything. It's the antithesis of what we usually go through every day in life. You take care of yourself. Good night.